Hello and welcome to SLP Full Disclosure. I am your host, Jennifer Martin, and joining me today is somebody that we've kind of come full circle with because she was actually one of our very first guests, like, I don't know, over 70 episodes ago. So this is a very cool experience and I get her in person, so it's even better. Um, today I'm going to be speaking with Julie Irwin, and let me tell you a little bit about her and then um, we can get started. Julie is an SLP originally from New Jersey who enjoys hiking, traveling, laughing, and she's very good at that, and spending time with loved ones. Julie has been a clinician for the last six years, starting the first few years of her career as a travel SLP and transitioning to a teletherapy role when COVID began. She has traveled to 48 states and 24 countries with aspirations of continuing her travels anywhere and everywhere. She has worked in a variety of settings, including EI, preschool, elementary school, high school, hospitals, acute rehab, and skilled nursing. She is now living in Colorado with her boyfriend and their dog, both of whom came to her through travel contracts. So welcome, Julie. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Oh my gosh. This is uh, I, so I said I'm in the presence of greatness, and I, <laughs> I meant it because I haven't seen you in person in so long, and to get to actually like see you and have you as a guest again is so cool. I am very honored to be here, and I'm sad that I'm without my first podcast guest, but I'm happy to be holding on the fort for the both of us. Yes, uh, shout out to Kurt, because yes. Uh, yes, and if you did not listen to that, listeners, it, I think it's like episode two or three, but Kurt and Julie, dynamic duo. <laughs> I was just telling her that I listened to it again. It's still, it's still just as good. So you all, uh, if this SLP thing doesn't work out, <laughs> take your show on the road, the two of you. We always say, why aren't we famous yet? So that's what uh, You are. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Do I not count? Yes, you <laughs> so. do. This is our thing for now. Yes. <laughs> Well, I know that first time you came on, it was to talk a little bit more about just, you know, your journey as a travel therapist, as you and Kurt had had so many adventures. And now um, it's kind of interesting that we are going to be talking about now how you've moved into the world of teletherapy, which I was thinking about that when we first filmed or, yeah, recorded, I guess, mm -hmm. together, it was like that would have probably never even been something you were even contemplating no it was never on my radar and I honestly think if COVID didn't happen it still wouldn't have been an avenue that I went mm -hmm. down but I'm super glad I found it because it's something I want to keep in my back pocket the rest of my career mm -hmm. and I'm glad I was able to dive in when I did and kind of keep the ball rolling I have a love-hate relationship with it but more love than hate for sure <laughs> yes and we want to know all about that because it really is I think you know the purpose of what we want to you know really do with this episode is so many people are in that same position where they're for many reasons they want to work remote mm -hmm. and it's it is a shift I think it's easy to think like well I can how hard could it be I'm doing it on site and now I can do it virtually but there are some things to take into consideration as totally you know all too well and I remember going to the nursing home every day or going mm -hmm. to a school every day and taking travel contracts because I was like, wow, I can't do this 52 weeks a year. I need breaks yeah. to keep myself fresh, to keep myself motivated, mm -hmm. to kind of get the work-life balance I needed. Mm -hmm. And I would look at my friends who had remote jobs and opportunities and I was jealous. I yeah. was like, speech could never 
be like mm-hmm. that. And it wasn't on my radar. And then when March 13th hit, my school that I was at was like, okay, starting Monday, everything's online, continue your services as they're written in the IEPs. And I had like a week of panic, but once I jumped into it, I fell in love with the ability to work from home and also what it meant for carryover and just child and patient progress Mm -hmm. in the long run. It was really amazing and it was a blessing in disguise. At first the stress and then came the beauty later. (laughs) But I like, yeah, I really am glad it worked out that way. Yeah, I think uh, we all learned a lot during that time. (laughs) (laughs) Some just by choice, some not. So let's take a step back and just, I, you know, tell us a little bit about your professional journey and even just how you ended up now as a teletherapist. Okay, so I started, when I went to grad school, and I think I talked about this in my first episode, I was so certain that I only wanted to work with adults and only wanted to work in medical settings. And I really thrived in grad school. I got all my medical externships done and I couldn't find a job. And I know I was in the New York City area and there's just so much um, supply there. Um, and the demand's not as high because those roles are filled. But I started looking elsewhere, and when a travel contract came up in Olympia, Washington, I looked to my best friend who just finished grad school with me, and I was like, Kurt, if you go, I go. And our recruiter at this company, now it's AMN, found us a job where we both could work in the same school system. And even then, I was like, this is going to be temporary. I have no desire to work in schools and I had such a snooty attitude about it and once I started doing it I loved it and as more travel contracts came available most of them were schools and I didn't feel the pull to go back to medical I kind of enjoyed it I liked that I could still switch settings and populations within that field so like I said I've done preschool and I've done high school and in between I've done a significant support needs room which is a medically based school where all my kids had trachs or were wheelchair bound everyone used AAC so there's been so much diversity within that um, even though it was just still under that label of schools so I liked that variety that ability to change Um, and when COVID hit and I had to go remotely I kind of realized that that in and of itself was another variety of this practice that I could start to take as a skill and setting that I wanted to work in. Um, It was really challenging at first and then I wound up loving it, especially because at the time I was in that significant support needs school. So even though I was working with these students every day for continuous hours at school, teaching them how to use their AAC devices. Their parents weren't at school, so they only got that help when they were in speech. Now, when they were home with their parents who were involved in the sessions, their parents were learning how to utilize the devices and then were incorporating it seven days a week into their practice. And these kids went from being high schoolers who maybe could say hi on their device to having full conversations with people because it started becoming a daily practice instead of a 30-minute session. So. That kind of gave me the, showed me the magic of teletherapy. And when I 
to have like someone cancel and I could do my laundry or run my dishwasher, I realized, wow, I could have a lot more work-life balance with this kind of lifestyle, taking away the commute, adding in some chores during the day when people weren't showing up. And it kind of wound up being exactly what I needed and allowing me the flexibility that my life required at the time. And it's something that I don't think I'll fully get rid of. Like right now I dropped down to three days a week so that I could go back into the medical world two days and kind of get the best of both worlds. Um, and it's really nice that you can have that kind of flexibility and dictate what you want. Yeah, and you are such a good reminder as I'm listening to you of, because I was very similar to you where I was like, I'm only be working with adults in medical. And then that lasted about two years. And I was like, <laughs> this place doesn't close. Yeah. I cannot work a place that doesn't close. And so then ended up with babies. And so it's like, if you would ever said that was gonna be the path, I would have thought you were crazy. Right. Um, and so I think you're just such a good reminder that you may have an idea of what you wanna do, but you would have never thought you would go from not only medical, but to schools, to then working virtually mm -hmm. with schools. Totally. And now people ask me, well, could you do teletherapy for adults? I'm like, yeah, you could do teletherapy for whatever population you get contracted or hired to do so. And it is a really nice option for both the clinician and the patient to be able to keep them safe, keep them um, in their comfort zone, and to kind of allow them access to therapy that might otherwise not be accessible to them. So. Yeah, the paths have shifted quite a bit, and I I think in the moment it could kind of cause some chaos and feelings of discomfort, knowing that things are getting like ripped out from under you. And then when you settle into it, it's kind of like that mix that I was looking for, working remotely and staying a clinician and getting both of those perks together and getting paid pretty nicely for it, too. Yeah, and I think it is one of those where Somebody pointed out to me the other day, they said, well, I could see my doctor virtually right. and that's my health and wellness. So it's like, why can't we look at other avenues that are just just as effective? And something else you touched on that I think I really noticed, too, when I was doing some teletherapy is that it forces there to be somebody on the other end, mm -hmm. which I know sometimes feels inconvenient. Right. But that is where progress is made mm -hmm. it's like this that whole model of well 30 minutes once a week then i just fix them and send them on their way and it's like then you see well wow they've been working on the same goal for five years right because the 30 minutes once a week is not working and then now you've got the parents involved right. you've got support staff at school involved so they're actually following through with a lot of that stuff yeah it is allowed for a lot more progress mm -hmm. than i ever saw prior to that in a school setting. And I think what it also allowed is for me to establish a great rapport with the families yes. that I literally last year in the entire school year, it's my third year in the same school as a teletherapist, had less than 20 absences for the entire wow. school year because parents were like, I see what you're doing. I see what it's doing for my child. I see that they enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I understand the benefit and I'm going to hold them accountable too. And it really upped the ante of what therapy can do when you have both parties involved yeah. and participating. Yeah, and just actually then being able to work on those things more than that one time a week. Right. My favorite was I had a para and she was wonderful and it was a very small rural community. 
and she said, well, I never even knew what you all did. Like you just took them and, and then brought them back. And, and she said, this seems, and then this, I was, you know, like, oh yeah, you know, feeling pretty, oh, look at me, the speech pathologist. And then she said, well, this seems fun. Like, did you just have to get a certificate? Oh, yeah. And I was like, my, I mean, my, I was, I, I wish I, I, if I could have screenshot my face at that moment, I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm still paying up my student loans, <laughs> but thanks for asking. Yeah, and I think that is exactly yeah. the attitude that made me not want to work in schools. Mm-hmm. My mom was a teacher, my sister's a teacher, so many people in my family and friend circle are teachers, and they're like, oh, speech hardly comes for the kids, and when they come, they're just playing Candyland, and I'm like, yeah, screw that, I'm not going to play Candyland, I'm going to yeah. help people with brain injury, and now I'm like, okay, Candyland's the best. <laughs> Like challenge me. Yeah. Ask me what I'm accomplishing here with Candyland. And my kids know they have to get a hundred targets of whatever they're working on to earn a game. I'm such a drill sergeant and not necessarily in the term of drill with speech pathology, Mm -hmm. but know your expectations. I don't care if you're four Mm -hmm. or 14, we're going to have an agreement here and you don't just get something, you have to earn it. And I think that's created a mutual respect between me and my Mm -hmm. students of, okay, I want to earn the fun part. Mm -hmm. So let me put the work in. And it was awesome. Today was my first day of school with my kids. And at the end of the getting to know you or saying hi again activity, it was like, what were your speech goals and what do you want to work on this year? And all but one of them knew exactly what their goals were. And the one other kid was like, my goal is to play more games this year. I'm like, okay. He's like, oh, you don't want my personal goal? (laughs) Oh, okay. But the rest of them did. So they kind of know the benefit. They know Mm -hmm. why they're there. And I think that's so important. Yes. It was also the fact that I started with them while they were at home. So their parents got to remind them why they were doing this. Yeah. Well, and I think it does give us a little bit more credibility where it is like, you know, when we just like, I'm taking them. Right. I don't know what that they do yeah. but we you know it's actually where you can see there's a lot more skill involved than you know playing games all day totally so. and I think where that's great and not so great is mm-hmm. I've loved my collaboration with my parents and even my paraprofessional yeah. but if you I don't know if the audience knows this but as a teletherapist if you're in the schools you actually need an assistant to go and get your child to set them up in front of the computer And that person is such an integral part of therapy. And if they're late, then minutes are underserved and the IEP minutes are now in question or have to be made up. Or if they don't understand the seriousness of it, they're playing a movie in the background or playing on their phone and interfering. So that's taken me a lot of um, time to kind of set my boundaries with them who are adults and who don't really understand. And it's just taught me that we need to really educate them as a member of the team because they are, the therapy can't function without them. And I luckily am blessed with such a good one this year, but I've had not so great ones in the past and it can make or break it. I think that that is an element that on days, like at the end of the school year last year, I had a girl who every day had car trouble, five days a week. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Can I pay to get your car fixed? Because what needs to be fixed on the car? We can't have six weeks yeah. of car trouble. Yeah. Um, and that just interfered with my schedule. And anyone who knows me knows how anal I am. And I take on as many kids as I can. And I make sure their minutes are met every month. And if they're not, I make sure to see them by the end of the month. 
so that all my columns in my Excel spreadsheet are green, everyone's minutes are met, there's no question of being underserved, and the parrot plays a huge role in that. So yes. that is that can be a blessing or a curse, and that is one thing that took my therapy power kind of a little bit out of my hands. I always prided myself on what I was capable of, and I knew my therapy was good, I knew my intentions were good, but when there's a middleman, it kind of skews that, and I had to let go of a little power while trying to also harness some control, and that was a little tricky for me in the beginning. Yes, and um, you touch on something that I think is, you're exactly right. I, I tell all of our teletherapists, this is an extent, this person is an extension of you, mm-hmm. and it needs to be a well-oiled machine. Um, and so let's talk about then, because it sounds like this, I, you could decide which category to put this in, but just... <laughs> You know, thinking about the pros and cons mm-hmm. of doing teletherapy, um, it sounds like, you know, for you personally, maybe one of the the pros is having a really great support person. Mm-hmm. The cons is that if you don't, and also that you just, so much of it is out of your hands. Right. You know, that person, how they do things, if it's different than you, yeah. it can be challenging. And there are so many pros and cons, and that one it could fall in either category. Yeah. You're completely right. But when I think about the pros, the first one immediately being flexibility. Um, as you know, and a lot of people know, my dad was super sick over the last few years, and being a teletherapist allowed me to work for California and leave my home in Colorado to be with my dad in New Jersey through the end of his cancer battle and after his death. So I did not have to take off work. I did not need a leave of absence. I was able to continue my job and function as well as I could function, but as a therapist, from the comfort of my parents' home, helping him in the morning and at night and being able to do my job in the middle. And that was a blessing that I will count a million times over for the rest of my life. Had I had any other type of job, I would have had to leave it because there was no question I was going to go home. regardless of what my work situation was. So that was huge. Another one, you don't have to commute. When gas prices went crazy and everyone was complaining, I'm like, hmm, I think I filled my gas tank once in the last two months. And that was nice. I know some people do enjoy a commute. I know now that I'm back at the hospital two days a week, I kind of do like listening to podcasts or listening to music or singing or doing something to pass the time. Um, but. To be able to like sleep in, get your eight hours, have a morning routine. I walk my dog every morning before work. I get to make a nice breakfast. I'm not like grabbing a protein bar or making a shake that spills all over my outfit on my way to work. I, um, like I said, if there's a student absent or there's an assembly or something's going on, I can be like, all right, let me throw the laundry in and do some billing while that happens. And also just getting to really know your school better. The teachers are more involved because I do a lot of check-ins with them. The para is really involved and she's built such good rapport with my students. It now seems to be like a fun place to go instead of like for my older kids, like, oh, speech. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I get to play a computer game while I do speech. I (laughs) (laughs) I get to do something that's exciting for me as a modern age child who loves technology. Um, I also just think there's a lot of online materials out there that 
you can rack up for free. When I worked in schools, I was buying materials all the time and spending a ton of money. And sure, you can spend money on online materials as well, but the world is our oyster when it comes to what is out there. If you have a little time to look at Boom Cards or Teachers Pay Teachers or Ultimate SLP or all these programs that I love, there's so many free options or low cost options that allow you to provide awesome therapy that's fun and engaging. Um, I'm sure there are more pros, but those are what came to my mind. And for the cons, there are some days where I go crazy not having face-to-face -face human interaction with someone, especially because my partner is someone who go right now he's on a five-week job in Montana. So unless I have plans like coming to this podcast or seeing my friends or taking a yoga class, there could be days where I see no other human face-to-face. -face. And the screen is different. I know that that can be a con for many, um, especially with the masks and the screen. There was a lot that took away from that human experience, but that is a killer for me some days. I also feel drained being in front of the computer all day long. Um, I do miss the camaraderie of being with a team. Like, yes, we talk a lot over email. Yes, we have Teams meetings or Zoom meetings and I get to see their faces, but it's not the same as like, good morning, how are you guys? Like, cheers to a good day. Let's yeah. drink our coffees and plan together. And so I miss out on that for sure. Um, I have always thought individual therapy is the gold standard and I still do that in teletherapy. I know people do do groups. I am not one of those people. Um, I find that to be a little trickier, especially when my school offers one computer. So what are the kids going to do? Share a computer? No. Um, share headphones? Not well. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to go well. No. So for people who like groups or who have massive caseloads, I've been very lucky with having kind of set caseloads that don't go past the legal limits so they're manageable. That's a relative term, but manageable for me. Um, but yeah, not being able to group kids and kind of see them interact with others is a, is a con. Um, and yeah, the eye fatigue. My eye doctor is so mad at me for picking this up another year. He was like, your eyes are getting worse every year. And so now I have blue light glasses and hopefully that will help the problem. But those were those are my cons. Um, I really think it is more pro than con, but it, the lack of human engagement, team engagement, and face-to-face -face engagement do weigh heavily on me after some time, for sure. And if we're saying the para thing, I do, I am a typical type A SLP. I would much rather, I case manage all my students. That's how it works right now. I'm the SLP for all of the speech-only kids at my school. The kids in our autism programs are with the on-site SLP. We just felt that was a better fit for our population. Um, which means I'm sending out all the meeting notices, scheduling all the IEPs, getting all the assessment plans signed, and that's going through the paraprofessional. So it's me emailing it to her, telling her what to write on the envelope, telling her where to deliver it, telling her when to pick it up, telling her how to make a copy and scan it. And I'm like, oh, I could do this so much faster. So I know the efficiency is not the same. But if I go back to pros, like right now, my school day is typically, uh, technically not over, but I'm done, the actual school hours are. And so tonight I can go home and do my billing from the comfort of my couch, watching last night's episode of The Bachelorette, <laughs> <laughs> and just enjoying 
being able to split up my day a little bit more. I am so on for those six hours of the school day, but the other two hours I have kind of, if I don't have an IEP planned, to get my paperwork done later and in a comfortable setting or in my pajamas, and that's really nice for me. I, I like being able to have a little bit of time to go for a walk in between, and yeah, I'll always hit my hours, but it's nice to not have to have them back to back um, all the time. Yeah, just to feel like you don't you're not being micromanaged right. to a certain extent, and and I mean, so many of the things you touched on, I I are here all the time, but I think there are some things that people don't take into consideration, like you said, the um, you know not being around people, and so I actually ask when in interviews. How do you do being alone most of the day? I mean, is that going to be something that's tricky for you? Because I think it's something that people don't really yeah. think about until they're in that situation. And it is, it's, it's hard. And so it, I've found that now that people are used to this type of work more, you'll all hear often, oh, yeah, but I always like have a certain, you know, things set up where mm-hmm. I know I'm going to go meet somebody for lunch or I have dinner plans or right. I have this activity and then they've said, but then I actually have like time and energy to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, before if I'm at school all day, every day, like, oh, I can't go meet you for dinner. Right. I can't do this. So it is, I think just finding that balance, but knowing yourself yeah. and what you need to compensate for some of those things. I think it, it does take either a certain personality or someone who's willing to kind of change some of their habits because for me I am so extroverted and I love being around people and so it was a little tricky for me but I also am so excited to have plans in my planner to look forward to at the end of the day or people to see whether it's every day or um, almost every day where there's something to look forward to and I'm excited to get out of the house and excited to maybe put on formal pants. <laughs> I, I call those hard pants, Julie. I'm like, I'm wearing hard pants today. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah AKA it is, jeans. Yeah. It is a nice um, line that you kind of, fine line that you kind of have to toggle with in the beginning until you get into your group. Yeah. Now I'm in my comfort zone, but for a while I was, I was sad and COVID obviously added to that um, being isolated from people anyway. Yeah. But then to just like have the kids so close but so far or your coworkers so close but so far they're over the screen but you're like oh i miss hugging people i miss just being around others and i know another con i don't i'm sure most people's homes are bigger than ours but we live in a studio so when i'm doing therapy it's all open even the bathroom it's just (laughs) an open floor so if trent gets off of work he can't come in. Your like, role crawl. is like, you do Army not, crawl. no, he's not even allowed in. I'm like, you do not open that door if you see me on the computer. And so he's like, okay, I can only ride my bike so many laps. <laughs> he's like, I'm in the best shape of my life. Yeah, so I would say you have to have a designated workspace. Yeah. I loved where I lived for years. I've been in the same place for almost five years. It's a gorgeous studio on an estate in Colorado. Mm-hmm. We live in the guest house. The driveway's long, there's a pond, there's a creek, there's a full gym, there's all this stuff. But our living space, which used to be my happy place, is now my workplace, my sleep place, my eat place. It's everything. And I think if I had the mental energy to move and find a space or find a workspace for myself, I would do that. Um, 
because I think you don't want to kind of tarnish your living space mm-hmm. if it is your sanctuary. And I think working there kind of did that for me. I'm trying to like close my laptop and be like, done. I'm not going in the desk area for the rest of the day, but it still is right there. And <laughs> I find myself being like, okay, I know her IEPs due next week. I could just do it now and I'll mm-hmm. keep working. Yeah. Um, which past my hours, which is not good. I know that that's not the right thing to do, but mm-hmm. sometimes it is too easy when it's right there and no one's home to hang out with me <laughs> other than my dog. <laughs> well, and I can see both sides because I'm thinking too that, you know, if I, you know, when you're working in the school, there's this feeling of, it's almost this mentality, like, well, everybody stays late. We all stay late. We all work on the weekends. And so if you're not doing that, you start to feel like, well, then I guess I'm not a good employee. Right. I guess I'm not. So I would always, my thing was like, I can't be the first one to leave. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, anybody in the hall? <laughs> and so, but there's times where your brain is fried. And so it's like, I'm going to force myself to do something. It's not going to be done well, but like you said, you can say, okay, I'm done with that direct work. I have some paperworky things to do, but I can kind of give myself a mm-hmm. mental break before then jumping into that. Totally. And so I think that would be a huge pro is that you can manage that time. Yeah. But then again, what you just said too, where it's like, well, then where do I, you know, where's, where's the boundary mm-hmm. between like, you know, when you leave school, you're like, well, I can't, yeah. all my yeah. stuff's there, but it is like, you need to get one of those, uh, what are those? Uh, like, yeah, like yeah. A, a divider where it's like, once it's closed, yeah. it's you're off the clock. I should. And I am very good at keeping track of my mm-hmm. hours because that is something I am so lucky to work for a school district that um, really supports me. They trust me. They've seen the work that I do. And we have over 100 therapists in our district, and yet I still am known to them. And so I do not take that lightly. I make sure I get the work done. I do my hours, but they know that I'm going to. I know you probably have to build up that reputation first, but if anyone knows that I'm not responding to emails while I'm at this podcast, they know it'll be answered tonight. Like I will get the work done. Um, But that flexibility is very nice. And to not be micromanaged is nice. And to not have eyes on you all the time, kind of questioning what you're doing. Um, it's really a luxury because I know a lot of us are believe in ourselves and our clinical skills and because of comments like oh you play games all day do you is that an easy certificate to get that kind of no no it was not (laughs) it's not no it's years and years and so much money for this degree that really is designed to help people and we're not going into it to make money. Uh, well, big money at least. So it stinks when people kind of undermine what we're doing, but to not have the eyes on you and then the teachers just see they're getting better and better. I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's me. (laughs) We did that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know you, were kind of thrust into it mm-hmm. <laughs> like okay starting tomorrow you are now a virtual clinician mm-hmm. and so but thinking back what would you say to somebody who's like I'm really thinking I want to do this like how would you suggest that they prepare themselves for this or like questions that they could ask themselves like is this right for me other than <laughs> am I going to go crazy right being alone <laughs> but I- 
I think, and I did talk to a friend from grad school who was kind of toying with the idea. I, I do think that if you want to work remotely, it's a great idea, but I would work for, I've only done it through school systems, so that's going to be what I'm speaking to, but I'm sure there are private practices that use tele, teletherapy. Make sure it's a district that is very familiar with teletherapy. I've worked for a district that has tons of teletherapists. So they have your para set up for you. They have online assessments. They have online materials. They have a network of professionals who care about you and are trying to troubleshoot your issues. I could not imagine going into a school district that's new to teletherapy or only has a few and haven't worked out those kinks because they're so integral to your actual outcomes. Um, I think that you should question if you think you could do it for five days a week because last year I was at my wit's end and I tried to quit and they're like well you could say like one day or two days or three days and to be able to kind of pick what allocation you want was huge for me so now I'm like oh I could do three days a week of staring at the screen and doing teletherapy and kind of spicing up my life on the other two days um, so kind of knowing what what you're looking for if you are okay with that monotony of five days a week of doing teletherapy, yeah, that's for you. If not, ask if there are other options. I think another huge piece that I would want to know in an interview is do you get paid regardless of who shows up? I'm very lucky that I'm kind of on a, well, it's an hourly, but it's also a salary kind of, like I'm guaranteed hours. So even though my kids aren't absent that much, when they are absent, I am still getting paid. I had a friend who did this during COVID and only got paid for the sessions where the children showed up for it. So this woman who was pregnant, trying to work through the end of her pregnancy, probably make some money for this incoming baby, made like pennies because so many no-shows happened. So they maybe sat at their computer for eight hours and two people showed up, so they got paid for two sessions. That would never fly with me. Um, I would advocate for the fact that you're preparing, you're setting it up, you're a professional, and if you're not willing to pay me if someone doesn't show up at school that day, that's not on me. Um, that's something that I actually talked someone out of taking a job that was like that because we can't control what we know. what In whatever setting you've worked in, you can't force someone to come to therapy. <laughs> and even though it might be easier from a computer screen now that schools are back in session the kid still has to come to school to access the teletherapy so yeah making sure what your payment would be like is key I think feeling comfortable with yourself and feeling strong in your clinical skills where you kind of have to do a lot of troubleshooting on your own in the moment even today I had an internet glitch and I'm like okay my IT hat's coming on. How do we do this? And I'm texting my parent, like, connect to this hotspot and do this. And I'm like, who am I? Like, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not at a school who you yeah. have an IT person right there who can help you. Or you don't have a coworker who might know where the record form to the Goldman for stone. <laughs> like, there's a lot of um, organization you need and a lot of hats you need to wear. And you have to be willing to kind of embrace all of those roles because it is just you. There is a team behind the scenes, but when you're on, it's only you. Um, I think being flexible is 
huge in this field because there are so many things out of our control when it comes to the internet or when it comes to who your assistant is or if, when it comes to like if is there a fire drill or an earthquake drill and you have no idea what's happening you just see the screen go black it's scary <laughs> like there's a lot that could yeah I didn't think about that yeah that I feel like sometimes you get kind of left out on the messages from school like you are part of the school but maybe you're not invited to the end of year functions because they don't really know you. Mm -hmm. And because I've been at this school for three years, I have great relationships with all the teachers. But the first year I remember being like, not one person knows me and not one person cares what I'm going through and not one person's on my team. Yeah. And that, that was hard. So if, if you can kind of be flexible and go with the flow, I think it's for you, but you also have to be so organized and willing to kind of roll with the punches. I know that's in most settings, but when it's just you, um, there's a lot, a lot of punches you might have to roll <laughs> with. Yeah, and I used to think too, oh, well, you know, being tech savvy and having those skills, that's the number one thing that would make you good at this. And I, like now that's towards the bottom mm -hmm. and everything else you just said is at the top. I'm yeah. like, you have to be, the one thing I feel is critical thinker. You have to be able oh, to yeah. like, okay, what happened? What steps do I need to take? And you have to be able to do that because you're right. It is you. You mm -hmm. don't have someone down the hall that you can go to and say, help. Right. Um, so I think you really hit the nail on the head. The problem solver, flexible. You just got to be able to roll with it because mm -hmm. things will happen. And if you are, if that, that thing is going to ruin your day, you're going to have a lot of bad days right. because it's just so much is out of your control. But and I, I want to touch on your tech savvy point mm -hmm. because during COVID, I would see people I went to grad school with. I'm not your typical clinician. Like I am, I'm more harsh than I am warm and fuzzy with the kids. And it's worked because they know it's tough love and they know how much I care about them. But I'm seeing those like Instagram SLPs with their green screens and like creatures are flying out and like I'm in the ocean eat, yeah, <laughs> eating the words and, and the kids actually fishing and I'm like how the heck did you do that <laughs> meanwhile I have such basic things pulled up but you don't have to do that no. to get great results and to have fun with your kids yes. so I think if I wasn't thrown into teletherapy I probably would have seen what could be done mm -hmm. and say oh that's not for me like I don't know how to work a green screen or I don't know how to, I had a girl in grad school like riding up and down on an elevator. I'm like, how does she do it? I, it was. On her, in her green screen? Yes. Green screen? And wow. each floor would be a different speech element. Come on. And I'm like, Come on. okay, here's my word list. <laughs> you know that 10 hours you, you, you got back not commuting? Yeah. That's where that went. Right. Making that. Totally. So, which is great. Uh, you, oh, that's your bag. Yes. I love I, it for you. I am so yeah. impressed by those people and those kids are so lucky, but I'm saying you don't have to do no. that for it to be fun, engaging, mm -hmm. and effective. So if you're worried about your lack of creativity, I was a math major in undergrad and I was able to swing teletherapy. And look at you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be creative. So it's, it's something that you don't need to have a gold star for when it comes to being the most creative, I still go by the don't reinvent the wheel. Like yeah. use materials that are out there. 
I am at the point now where I know all my kids' goals. And yes, I'm very organized with my data sheets, but I don't have to prepare much in the morning. Like as the power professional, that is the nice part. They go to get your student and bring them back. So I'm at a small school, but it still probably takes three minutes for that to happen. I pull up what I'm going to work on and everything's organized, but I don't need to spend a half hour, 45 minutes at my filing cabinet pulling materials for the day. I have everything organized on my computer and I'm like, okay, this kid's working on irregular verbs, type that in, pops up and it's right there. So it kind of takes out a lot of the extra work. Um, and I have those materials for life now. So whether I continue to do this three days a week or just do it one day a week or go back to full time, I have everything at my fingertips. Um, Versus like this summer when my mom sold our family home and I had probably 30 huge Tupperwares filled with binders of hard materials I've used throughout the years. I'm like, I can't throw these out because that would hurt my soul, but where am I putting them? <laughs> I'm not paying for storage. I, I have the same binder, yeah. <laughs> so don't feel like you're alone there. Yeah, but yes. the computer piece is nice. It's mm -hmm. all right there. And to be able to work from wherever Yes. I know in some countries you need a different VPN or mm -hmm. that can be tricky. Like I went to Guatemala my first year doing this and I was like, they'll never know. And I couldn't get onto the internet. Like, and I was like, they, they know. know. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. But with, throughout the U.S., I've been able to be home mm -hmm. with my family, visit my boyfriend yeah. on his jobs, visit my best friends and add travel into my lifestyle. When I worked in skilled nursing, I got 12 days off a year. And if I didn't work Christmas, I had to work the Saturday right after it. Like, yeah. this is like, okay, if seeing your family is not vacation time for you, it is for me, but for people who's not, you can work yeah. with your family, spend some time there, and then when you get a break from school, go somewhere fun. And it just opens a lot of doors for more opportunities. Yeah, that piece is, you're right, you can't, that if you want the balance, mm -hmm. if you want, I mean, I was literally talking to somebody that she said, I have 10, I, her commute was almost an hour each way. And she's like, I have 10 hours back. And I'm like, that's like a day. Right. I mean, all the things that you can do. She's like, I'm healthier. I'm now walking. I'm mm -hmm. you know, having a proper meal yeah. that's not in my car. So um, yeah, I, I agree. There's so many so what, and well, and another thing I wanted to, that you said that is that I love so much is you, instead of like, oh great, now this kid is loves trains. Now I gotta go get all this stuff. It's like, whatever it is, it's instant and at your fingertips. Right. So it's like that motivation piece. Yeah, I found that to be so huge because it would be like some random thing that they were very motivated by. I was like, I got that right here exactly. versus like, oh gosh, where am I going to find that? And I think even today when I was doing this back to school mm -hmm. activity and a kid was telling me about a movie I hadn't heard of or a character I hadn't heard of and I just type it in. I'm like, is this that person? Yeah. How'd you find that? Like, it's so mm -hmm. cool that we can validate what they're talking about yeah. instead of being like, yeah, 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 I think I heard that once. Mm -hmm. Like you can actually engage with them a lot more. And I have a sixth grader who last year threw fits and would tell my parrot to F off and he would go tell her to go die or, and he would go hide in the bathroom because he felt so upset of, about getting 
isolated mm -hmm. and pulled out when he was one of the only fifth graders getting speech. This year he's a sixth grader and I'm like rocking in my chair being like, I wonder how it's going. <laughs> I wonder how it's going because she had to go get him. And he came in and I, ha I know he loves the 49ers so I had some clips pulled up. And he was like, did you know I met the 49ers this summer? I went to training camp and I got, and he was so thrilled to be there. And we watched clips and he summarized them and we were labeling things and doing therapy with something so fun for him. Yeah. And he was like, okay, so can I, I'll come on my own now. What, what's my day and time? I'm like, Tuesdays at one. He's like, okay, I'll be here Tuesdays at 1259. I'm like, that's oh, what I like to hear. That's awesome. You're like, yes. And that's, that's the gift of teletherapy. Yeah. Like if I just showed him a football worksheet, mm -hmm. I don't think that would have been as engaging or motivating for him so no it was a nice start to the year for sure worksheets worksheets are so 1990 yeah. 2000 yeah. <laughs> um so and, and you kind of touched on this like you know, when if somebody's considering if they ask themselves you know can i be organized can I be a critical thinker? And, and I think you, what you said was so important because I remember feeling like even as an on-site clinician, I was never one of those that was making these incredible things and developing these, 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 you know, crafts and activities. And I felt really like, gosh, I'm failing at this. Right. And now I realized, no, I was doing, I was having a great time and being just as effective. And that just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. And I think the exact same thing with virtual. You don't have to have every bell and whistle and make this, you know, this presentation worthy session every right. time. It's like, 100%. you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. It just, it's about connecting and finding something that you can connect on to address the goals. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's a great reminder. So, and something else too that, um, okay, so we, you need to be organized. You need to know kind of if you, um, you know, what is your tolerance for being alone? Mm -hmm. And, and what are you, you know, how is that gonna work for you? do you have a space that's appropriate mm -hmm. and that you can you can do therapy right. and um one of the things too is that just you you touched on and i think it's really important because there are so many different companies now and just to kind of figure out what are some of those questions and things that they people should be asking because i know that just like you i hear of these clinicians it's like what do you mean you're not getting paid for indirect time right. like that's half of what your job is mm -hmm. so that's so silly I that agree. would never that shouldn't even be allowed so um what are some things that you can think of just from your like learning through this that you would recommend that somebody ask i i think first and foremost caseload size is important mm -hmm. is it feasible for you to schedule all of these sessions have a paraprofessional be responsible for getting students to all these sessions. When it's in your hands, it's easier to group kids or kind of grab one, grab the next. But when you're relying on someone else, it has to be practical. Like you can't make them exactly back to back to back and expect all their minutes to be met. So knowing caseload size is huge. Knowing what materials you will have access to is huge. Because even though I'm contracted through AMN and I love AMN, there are days where I'm like, why can't I just be doing this for myself and make, taking the whole check for myself? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, well, the online assessment tool would cost a lot of money and the subscriptions would cost a lot of money and the resources and the professionals and the team who helped me, there's so many things that, that play into it. So if you need to be responsible for getting all those things on your own, 
that's a pretty hefty cost. So I'd want to know either if you get a stipend towards those things or if you have access to them through your district or through your company. I think being paid for the full day is important, whether it's a day that you are treating all day long, like today having 13 back-to-back -back sessions. I had all of those. I want to get paid the same amount, even though it feels like I should get paid more on a day like this. Then on Thursdays, when half my day is scheduled for evaluations and paperwork, because I might not have an eval this Thursday, but I'll have billing from the whole week to do, and I want to be compensated for a part of my job. That The therapy is huge, but you also have to write the IEPs and write the evals and do the billing and plan for your sessions, and all of that is what is required to make our job work. So I would want to be paid for the whole time. Um, I think just knowing how communication works with your company and your school is important. Like, will you have good lines of communication between the district and yourself, or at least the district and your company, so you can have answers right away versus being lost? Um, I think an orientation is super important. I think maybe having a few days before the school year starts to gather some materials if you can start before the first day of school so not so you're not thrown in and flustered um and just kind of what oh if they provide a laptop or not mm -hmm. i know my district doesn't so i asked to get at least a stipend towards a laptop that i could designate for my job and i was granted that which i was super lucky um and happy about but there's a lot of additional costs that you want to make sure are covered or at least provided for you because there it is a whole different avenue when you're out of school you have access to the tangible tests those tests are now online um, through many different programs we use cute global q interactive and you have to make sure that those are accessible to you um, i also think it's important that you ask what your space is like I think a lot of times people don't know what teletherapy entails, so they put me in a room with two other SLPs who are doing sessions, and my kids are in there with their headphones on, and so, yeah, the kid is fine, but I'm hearing all the sessions, mm -hmm. and it's reverberating because it's through headphones. Yeah, that's so a great reminder. knowing what your space mm -hmm. is going to be is super important. Um, and, yeah, I think... I think that kind of, those are the main points, and you can tailor things as it goes on, but that's something I'd want to know really up front, and then the rest can work itself out, and you yeah. can kind of tailor it to how you want to provide your treatment and how you want to schedule your day. Mm -hmm. um, that's another thing, how much flexibility you have and how much autonomy you have. Are they going to tell you, you need to see this many students a day, or can I make my own schedule? I love having an eval block in the middle of my week to kind of break things up if I don't have an evaluation, to have paperwork in the middle of the day and not have to do it all at night yeah. or not have to do it early in the morning. So just kind of knowing your role mm -hmm. and your independence in this role. Yeah, I think those are great suggestions. And I think another one too is just, because you've mentioned this earlier that you like seeing them one-on-one. -on -one. Well, I mean, I know when I was on site at my last school, I would have seven kids in a group. Right. Now, that's not even doable on site. No. And none of them were working on the same thing, and they were all different grades. And right. So that was when I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I realized, and it was a very 
like the kids were very high needs at that school. I loved it, but I realized, okay, I'm the only positive interaction they're having with an adult today. Mm -hmm. I know we didn't do anything speech and language, but I'm the only, that was kind of how I had to, you know, yeah, but I think, um, granted, you would never have that many, Mm -hmm. you know, virtually, but it is also that I think some schools may think, well, you can put four in a, in a group, right? Or three. And so that's where we have to advocate and explain that actually that, that won't work for these reasons, but this is what we can do instead. I, and you're bringing up another good point of, I always, at the beginning of the year, I look at my caseload and day one, I email my supervisor, boss, whatever we would call her, and say, just so you know, I'm at my cap. So how quickly can you get additional support? Or what would you like me to do because I'm not compromising my therapy? And just to keep that on her radar, so maybe asking whoever's hiring you, is there opportunity for additional help as the needs increase? Because day one, you, I, I only have, um, I'm only three days a week. But last year, I think I started at like 48 kids in September, and I finished with 71. That's how many kids were added to my caseload by the end of the year. So that, that's a huge difference. And yes. luckily, we were able to recruit an SLPA for one day who was able to take some of my twice a week kids. Um, so I still had my eyes on them, but she still got to take 10 sessions away from me, which was awesome because I wouldn't have survived if we didn't get that help. So knowing if it's like a hard and fast position with no opportunity for additional help or if there is that that chance because sometimes you'll need it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if anybody whose caseload has gone down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's never, it's not like, well, half my caseload's gone right. it's like no it always goes up so yeah I think or that's if a someone great moves question. you're like yes and then yeah. two more come in the next day and you're like okay well yeah it's like two move and then they say we just had a family of 10 move in. they all have IEPs <laughs> like oh good um okay so one more question that I and then um I want to do a fun little lightning round of questions okay. with you but the one so if if you have a friend or somebody that you know that says Oh my gosh, Julie, I'm just really feeling like I need a change. I'm feeling like maybe I want to work remotely. And um, what do you think? What's your advice for me, Julie? I'd say <laughs> go for it. I think that this avenue of teletherapy has opened so many possibilities for increased work life balance for increased clinical skills because you're learning how to be a better clinician, whether it's in the speech and language avenue or literally in the executive functioning realm for yourself. Like, how am I going to organize and plan and do all of this? And you're building a repertoire of activities and things for you to use here going forward. Um, You can kind of feel like your own boss some days. There's obviously hard and fast rules you have to abide by, but you can make your own schedule and finish your work when you're drinking coffee super early before work or when you're relaxing with a different drink at night. A hot tea. Yeah, a hot tea. <laughs> and I, I think that there's just so much flexibility and room for growth and it's just a different way to see our field and experience something that could feel so different and kind of rejuvenate your passion for the field, your... Um, your love of creating and fostering change and growth in whichever population you're working with and just realizing that you can kind of have more control over your life and your career than maybe you thought possible before. 
So it's something I would recommend for anyone. And if you don't like it, like in any job, you can leave. And the best way to do that is work for a contract company that these positions aren't forever. It's yeah. crazy that I'm on year three of the same school. That's not typical for a contract agency, I'm sure. But if you try it out for a year or maybe there's a maternity leave that you have to cover, give it a shot. And if you hate it, leave it. But at least yeah. add one more thing to your repertoire of what you're good or not so good at. I'm continuously trying to narrow down and find my area of comfort in this field. I've, I can be a snob and say I've been good at in all the settings I've been at, but I haven't really loved all the settings I've been in. And so why not try one more thing and see if, if the schools are skilled nursing with 90% productivity or um, hospitals aren't your jam anymore. This is a, an, a route that's worth pursuing and at least trying. Yeah, nothing to lose. I think you are exactly right that you being so uh, diversifying so much has probably helped your job satisfaction. Totally. Because you don't really give yourself the opportunity to get completely burned out. Right. It's like, okay, I'm going to use my skills and just use them in a different way. And this is, I think, a great way for somebody to try that. So Yeah, I, I think it could add a lot of pizzazz to people's lives who are in ruts right now. Because... Yeah especially after COVID, if you're in healthcare and you worked nonstop over the last few years in a medical setting and kind of just need a break, this is a great way to keep a strong salary yeah. while doing what you love, but getting to relax a little bit and not, I didn't have to wear a mask for longer say, than an no airplane mask. flight yeah. through all of COVID. Mm. Like now that I'm back at the hospital, I'm like, <gasps> like trying I can't to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like realizing that these poor people put up with it for years. And I got to, on most days, wear pajama pants under my work shirt and no call mess. it good. Yeah. 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 No, you're, I, I thought that same thing when you said that. It's like, didn't have to wear a mask. Yeah. And it just, yeah. And I got to keep myself safe and more mm. importantly, my dad safe. Yeah. And, people who I really cared about. I I really think that this opportunity fell into my lap for a reason and I'm glad that it did because I don't know what I would have done if I had to take the last year or so off from working. Um, it, yeah, it was a blessing in disguise for sure. Yeah, and it also benefited the school because yes. had you had to take a year off, they would have had to replace you. Right. They got to keep Julie with her green, all green. <laughs> that was like, when you said, why you keep... They, your third year because you're all green spreadsheet, okay? Well, <laughs> your work ethic. My is. principal's pretty tough, and year one we had some tips just because she didn't know who I was and mm -hmm. I didn't know who she was. And this year I'm like, hi, um, I'm only working Tuesdays through Thursdays this year. I hope mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, she was like, girl. You don't have to tell me anything. She's like, I have full trust in you. Mm -hmm. You keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to send one of my, um, a student your way because seeing what you do is amazing. And there's just so much faith in what yeah. I do and support. It's mm -hmm. really nice to kind of get that longevity. I haven't had that. I've yeah. only done contract work up until this point. So it's nice to have such a strong backing and people who believe in our work and believe in me and kind of give me the run 
of the show. I kind of get to dictate what happens and when because they know I'm not going to miss anything. Well, if somebody is listening who's never thought about doing teletherapy, they're going to be like, I want to do this now. I'm like, I've done it and you've sold me again. I'm like, well, maybe I'll come join you at your district. Oh, that's, that's a good place to work. I love my students. Yeah, well, you are well-loved as well. Okay, so now we're going to do a lightning round. Okay. And um, do you know what this means? Um, <laughs> I can guess. You can explain it. <laughs> I'm going to ask the question and you're going to answer and I'm not going to linger on it okay. and I'm going to move to the next one. Oh, okay. Because, and that's not my strength according to somebody that I work with. So I'm trying to... <laughs> Same question? No. Oh, different question. Yes. Okay. Okay. So here's number one. Okay. Would you rather give up access to the internet or give up access to motor vehicles? For my job or for... Forever. Oh, gosh vehicles okay see this is where i gotta keep punching through he said don't stop okay what area in the field of speech pathology would you feel comfortable if somebody came to you and said you're gonna teach a college course tomorrow articulation or aac okay got two mm -hmm. i don't know if i have one <laughs> okay what is your favorite standardized speech and language test if you had to say, if somebody said you can only give one for the rest of your career, oh, what would it be? I know the ones that I use are hated by a lot of people. Um, the self, I guess. People Ooh. hate it, I know, I know. Ooh, boo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, would you rather be able to converse with animals or have lifelong fluency in every human language? Animals, 100%. <laughs> okay, last, what's next for you professionally? Well, I just started this job at the acute rehab hospital and I'm excited to get back in the medical world, learn a little bit, refresh some skills, Kind of diversify what I've been doing over the. I've been in schools the last six years with just like some PRN skilled nursing interwoven in there. But this will be fun to kind of get the confidence that I used to have in the medical yeah. world, but lacked over the, or lost over the last six years. You're gonna be so well rounded. Ugh. I mean, you already are, but even just more so. I got asked to teach a college course. That would be my favorite thing to do, but it was back on the East Coast, and it was an in-person gig, but one day. I was gonna say, that's that maybe that's next. Yeah, that will be the goal, mm -hmm. ultimately. Mm -hmm. Well, when you do, you tell me, and I'll sign up for that class. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna be good, whatever it is. Oh, so. This one was just going to be phonetics, and it would have been so fun, but um, we'll see. Maybe something better will come, come up down the line. If anyone's listening. <laughs> Julie yeah. is available. Yes, <laughs> we will have her um, and your Instagram and your contact information because uh, you just have a, a lot of entertaining, wonderful photos on there as well. Oh, and um, thank you so much, Julie. I just, I love any time I get with you and this was great and I appreciate all of your insight. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I hope I sold some people on the world of teletherapy because it's definitely brought a lot of good to my life and it's something that I don't see myself getting rid of. So I think while I was 
just at the point of feeling a little burnt out in this career and wanting something different, this was the exact thing that I needed. So maybe that'll resonate with someone listening. I know it will. Thank you. And that wraps up this episode. Thank you for tuning into SLP Full Disclosure. For more information about this episode, check out the show notes on our website at medtravelers.com slash SLP Full Disclosure. And don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss a guest. Are you interested in becoming a travel SLP? Visit medtravelers.com to learn more and explore the exciting opportunities we offer at top level facilities across the country. Also, a special thanks to Jonathan Carey for producing this episode and Aiden Dykes for the music and editing. And as always, this episode was powered by Med Travelers. See you next time.